Good afternoon and welcome to another fine Tuesday. Turn the mic down a little bit, sweetie. Okay. Another fine Tuesday. You tune in to the Dee Dee Ingram Show, the number one show anywhere. Why? Because I said so. And that, my friends, is all the information that you need. It's just a great day. It's a bright, sunny day. No traffic accidents. Nobody's shooting, man. So it's a blessed day, man. And so we have a guest who I will introduce in a moment. But first of all, I want to say hello to you, everybody. And uh, we 50% of the crew is here. Troy is out showing a house today. He tried to make that money. We ain't mad at him, man, because that's how he get them checks in. And uh, L.A., I guess she's having some problem with Sprint, uh, T-Mobile, whoever. I don't know. She can't call in today like she normally does. But that's all right. You know, you got me and you have the lovely Miss Ingram. How you doing? I'm doing well. And that's all you need. And we have a wonderful guest. Dr. K. Brown is in the house, and we'll be getting into why she's here and what she's here to promote, man. And you guys are going to be really blessed by what she has to say and what she's doing. I'm a fan of her. You know, you know we'll get into that in a minute. But hello, Dr. K. How are you doing? Say, I am excellent as always. Even better now that I'm talking to you. Oh, man. That fl- flattery will get you everywhere. Y'all know, <laughs> y'all know how we do, man. Let me pull out of this page right here and go find my bible app so we can get this show started today's lesson in the bible comes to us from let us hebrews 13 verse 16 nasb 1995 it says do not neglect doing good and sharing for which such sacrifice god is pleased i guess i'll play the lesson this time it's not that long it's pretty good okay Friends, I'm Ferris Abraham serving with Levant Ministries in the Middle East. Hebrews 13:16 states, and do not forget to do good and to share it with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. This verse holds profound significance amid the ongoing chaos, conflicts, and wars plaguing our world today. In these critical moments, the verse calls upon Christians to embody the gospel by actively contributing to solutions rather than adding fuel to the fire. It challenges us to be peacemakers, extending our compassion to all people, regardless of their backgrounds or race. For followers of Jesus, being part of the solution means transcending political, ethnic, and religious divisions. Our commitment to compassion for the oppressed and mercy for the brokenhearted serves as a powerful testimony of Christ's transformative love, offering hope amid turmoil and despair. In essence, the call to do good in Hebrews 13.16 reflects the unconditional love Jesus demonstrated on the cross and reflects the very core character of God who is just, full of mercy, full of compassion and love. So today, I declare that our God is a healer, restorer, and above everything else, He's the Prince of Peace. Therefore, it is our responsibilities as Christians to reflect God's character by doing good and sharing with others. By responding with love and grace, we become instruments of God's eternal peace, contributing to a positive and lasting transformation in our world today. Alrighty, that is our message. Now, who it says, the reflect question says, what can you do to love people the way God loves them? The three choices are, I can volunteer my time to serve others. Number two is, I can bless someone with items I have that they need. And number three, I can think of someone else before myself. Today, I normally choose one. All three, as we say every week, is are excellent. But today, I have to go with two. I can volunteer my time to serve others. 
and I can bless someone with items uh, that I have that they need. All right, sweetie, what's your choice? Um, I can volunteer my time, which I already do, but it, to me, it's like all three. Right. Today. Yeah. All right, Dr. K, your choice would be? Volunteer my time. Volunteer your time. And give me the other two. I'll the other two was uh, I can uh, I can bless someone with items I, uh, that I have that they need, and the other ones I can think of someone else before myself. Ooh, thinking of somebody before me is really, really difficult. So I'm gonna stick with the easy one. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on that whole other one. That none of the truth is Jane the devil. Right. This requires. That's a little difficult. This but I can volunteer my time, and I can definitely give somebody something that I have that they need. Right. And even I'll go one better than that guy, not to best him. But even if I don't have it, but I've got the money to get it. Right. Mm -hmm. I can go and get it right. and then bless them with it. Right. And since speaking of having something that people need that you can bless them with, that'll be part of our topic. But in that, we'll get into that in a moment because that is one of the reasons that you're here because you have been blessed and you want to be a blessing to someone else. All right, man. So let's go on. It says, a sacrifice of praise. Have you ever thought about your life? How, have you ever thought about how your life brings pleasure to God? All throughout scriptures, we learn about how we can use our lives to please God. In fact, we are created for God's pleasure. Since we have been given new life in Christ, we experience God's grace. We should desire to please God. Since he has given us everything in life, we ought to give him everything we are. The writer of Hebrews tells us two, dis two distinct ways we can please God. The first is in Hebrews thirteen fifteen. The writer says that our first sacrifice to God is praising him. This is what the Bible calls worship. Worship is the orientation of our entire life to live in awe of who God is and what he has done for us. We can worship God not only by, by the songs we sing, but also the way we live our lives. Hebrews thirteen sixteen tells us another way that we can please God. By loving others, when we, when we love others, we reflect the love God has for them. That is why it matters how we treat people. Our actions are a reflection of how God has loved us. And since we've been loved by God, we ought to do good to those around us. These are two ways that we can bring uh, pleasure to God by worshiping him and loving others. This is similar to what Jesus says. The greatest commandment is in Matthew 22, verses 36 to 40. He sums it up by telling us to love God and to love others. We love God by worshiping him and praising him. We love others by doing good to them and sharing with them. How are you doing at loving God and loving others? Do you spend time each day in scripture and prayer, praising God for who he is? If we don't love God first and foremost, we won't be able to truly love people in our lives. The prayer says, God, thank you for caring for the needs of your people. You give me everything I need. Everything that I have is yours. So please use me and what I have to fulfill the needs of others. Even when it feels hard to be generous, please help me to be willing to give everything you have given me for the good of others. In Jesus' name, amen. And then once again, it repeats, it repeats the scripture in closing. And do not neglect doing good, ensuring for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. And I want to go back to when it was talking about it asked the question how, how are we doing at reflecting God's grace in uh, what he's given to us and and uh Dr. K mentioned that you know the thinking of others first is mm -hmm. is and we we just talked about that last week you know we know, we know that's God's command and that's what he, he he wants of us but the truth be told when you start talking about putting others above you mm -hmm. Man, that is difficult to do, man, but we have to make a conscious effort in some way to try to do so because that's what God commands. Mm -hmm. And I think as we go through life, there are instances where we do that. And uh, 
when we use our gifts. As an example, I met you a couple of weeks ago at a program called Ignite, where I was using my gift, you know, which is a, a gift I didn't know that I had, but it, it kind of developed over the years, and that's uh, theatrical, uh, uh, what you call plays and, and uh, theater, which I'm growing into. My first, my first love is comedy, which is how I got into theater because, you know, someone saw me and then they, they invited me into the, the the drama department at my church, which is where I met Miss Noble, who put on the production that we had a couple of weeks ago, and so. My the area of making people laugh is God's gift to me that you know and every time you asked about the back door when I go to the back door before I get on the stage my prayer is always this I said every time before I get on stage God freely you gave me laughter now allow me to freely give it to them I used to pray let me make them laugh but I don't know if you're familiar with Michael Jr. Mm-hmm. and yes. so one of the things Michael Jr. said when I went to go see him uh, uh, many years ago he says I no longer try to make people laugh that's that's stress. And then he said, I just try to give them laughter. So and I, that's when I changed my prayer. I said, God, you freely gave it to me. Allow me to freely give it to them. And then I go up and, you know, I, I have a good set and the people are blessed. I have a lot of people come up to me this past week, man, because of my set. It's like, man, you are really good, which I don't do it for that. Mm-hmm. But it's nice to it's hear. A nice it's, 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 it's a, yeah, it's a nice outcome. It's so, a nice outcome. when it comes to putting other people first, I mean, I, I, I have to put that at the forefront of my frontal cortex and say, well, who can I bless today? Who? Let me pop in because you actually do that in your comedy. When you change from, and this is how I got the name Doctor Doctor K. We'll get into that. Right. I, I don't try to try to be funny. I just sometimes say things in a funny way. Mm-hmm. But to be serious. When you make that statement, that change from God, let me make them laugh, to God, let me give them laughter, you have just put them before you. Right. Because let me make them laugh is self-gratifying. Right. I'm standing here. I want to get the laughter. I want to get the accolades. I want to be funny. Right. But let me give them what you have given me. Right. That becomes they're now more important than I am. Right. So now you become a conduit. And not a source. I like that word conduit, man. I hear it all the time, man. You know, that's what God are looking for conduits and not cul-de-sacs, man, because he wants, he wants to be a blessing through you, not just a blessing to you, man. And so many people have the the cul-de-sac mentality. So, yeah. I want to hold it as for me. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you, a good reservoir doesn't hold, it gives out. Right. It's it's there to hold it for a minute, Mm -hmm. but it's, the idea is that it's holding it until it is drawn upon. Right. And once it's drawn upon, it's freely given. Right. So now when you get on that stage, you allow those people to draw. Right. And you freely give because you understand that you're really, you're a pass-through. God is giving it to you. You're giving it to them. So you become the conduit. And for those who don't understand the word conduit, it's simply a pipeline. Right. Exactly. And you right. become the pipeline. And as long as your pipeline is clear and unclogged, right. God will pour in freely because he knows he can pour, that you will pour out freely. Right. Mm-hmm. What a wonderful way to get into this. So how? Well, before you get started there, uh, one of our Facebook guests uh, Zamil, who we went to his show on Sunday, I he commented and told him doing something is a blessing. Doing and Zamil, believe he is a blessing. He he combines music, poetry, and jazz, and it's his his art form. He likes to call pajazz. And the people that follow him are called Pajazzis. Where which he did we a pro- are. yeah, which we are yeah. So we went. He had a production for Black History this past Sunday. Mm-hmm. 
which we went to go to watch him perform. It was it was really nice, it man. Was. And so he's a uh, he's another one that's in the the area of uh being a blessing, letting God use him to bless others. And so he was in here three weeks ago, mm-hmm. three weeks ago. So well, it may have been four. Might have been four, but yeah, I met him many. He actually invited himself to my show. <laughs> he was <laughs> a little bit like <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But little, he was a little more. He was like, let's say there was a show going on right across in this other hallway, in this other studio, right? He was in the other studio. They were ending their show. I was getting ready to start. Man, he just turned around and walked in, introduced himself. <laughs> and so we've been we've been uh, associated with him ever since, man. But he's a phenomenal talent. So let's get into you. And uh, you met, let's tell us a little bit about who you are and where you're from, where you grow up, and where you're originally from. Excuse me, I'm getting rid of text. My name is Cassandra. My original name is Cassandra Brown. I'm from Dallas, Texas. Okay. Born and raised. I'm Texan-born, Texan-bred. I'll be Texan when I'm dead. Right. I am a diehard Cowboys fan. Yes, one day we will rise again. Right. If you cut me, I bleed blue and silver. Right, right. (laughs) But most people can't place my accent because I lived in Boston for 28 years. But you don't have a Boston accent. It's I, kind of a combination of... I work my hardest not to get that thing. <laughs> and you said yeah. you lived there 28 years? I lived there 28 years. Wow. Well, yeah, and, I don't uh, hear it either. Went there to go to college and went and went on the extended stay plan. Okay. Uh, was supposed to come back in four years. It took a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. But God blessed. I got married. I had four wonderful kids. All boys, all sons. Wow. Uh, they're single, all of them, but one, well, three of them are single. Ladies, if you're looking so for a good man. It, you're looking for well-raised men. Mm-hmm. These right. are manly men. Right. Men after God, like David. And godly men. Men after God's, like David said, men after God's heart. David. So, David was. <laughs> but they I, didn't I say David? Who did I say? You said Gabriel, I think. I thought, well, I was trying to say David. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to say well, David. Manly men, yeah. Working on God's heart thing. Right. But they manly men. Well, that's good. Um, but anyway, stay there. 28 years. <laughs> the way society is going, oh yes. Yes. Came back here 13 years ago. Okay. Um, I've been a licensed and ordained minister for over 20 years. Mm-hmm. So I've been speaking publicly. I'm not new to the stage. I've been doing that for years. Okay. I am new to comedy. Okay. But yeah. everybody has said, a lot of people, I won't say everybody because I don't know everybody, right. but the folk who know me have said that my presentations are filled with humor. So I've always believed that a spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down. Right. So when you're dealing with serious topics, if you can add a little levity to it, it's a lot easier for somebody to receive it. Let me ask you, say, uh, you say when you give your talks, you have a lot, a lot of levity. In it. But in your, just your natural conversation, like you and I having a conversation right now, do you find unintentionally that you do that? Mm-hmm. And the reason I ask that question is because before I got into comedy, my sense of humor is what helps endear me to people. I'm not aware that I'm doing it, but you know, when the people start laughing, then you, you okay, I said something funny. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sitting up there trying to think of something funny to make them laugh. It's just so spontaneous the way in the conversation. I'll just, whatever comes out. And so for years, man, people was like, you should be a comic. I'm like, why? I'm not funny. <laughs> but they was like, man, you have us cracking up. Now, trans, out, and I'm like, okay, maybe I'll give it a shot. Then I found out being a comic is not as easy as when it, when it comes to being natural. Because that naturally funny, you just saying whatever. But now when you purpose to make people laugh, that's a skill. Mm-hmm. And so did you find that when you first started uh, doing comedy? I have. This is my first show. This is going to be your first show? Okay. Oh, wow. This is my... I, I, this is your this inaugural is, show. This, this, this announcement. This is my comedic debut. Okay. All right. 
All right, so you sit now. People get a chance to see how you transition from the natural to the on stage performance and stuff and stuff. What uh, what inspired you to put together? Are you putting the show together? Oh yes. So what inspired you to put the show together? Going to two or three comedy clubs in the Dallas area, and all of the comedians except for one, usually in each group, being obscene and vulgar right. in their comedy. Mm-hmm. And I just. You, you leave feeling just a little dirty right. if you're like me. You leave mm-hmm. feeling just a little, you laugh some, because some of the jokes were indeed good. They right. were legitimately good. Mm-hmm. But it was just, you know, you could have told that joke without those words. Right. Exactly. So I came out from that saying, and I'm a Christian, so I'll say that fully and freely. Right. Mm-hmm. Say, God, I really like comedy. I really enjoy laughing. I really enjoy watching people laugh. Right. I enjoy watching people have a good time. And it was God. I really enjoy it. But I can't keep participating in this coming, hearing that, because whatever you hear seeps in. Right. Mm-hmm. And if it seeps in, it's coming out. Mm-hmm. So I want to be careful of what seeps in, because I want to know about it. I want to be careful right. of what's coming out. And I just said, what can I do? What can I do? In addition to that, I threw my, I know I don't look it, but I'm 60. I threw my 60th birthday celebration. Mm-hmm. And I had a professional comic, Derek Cakely, one of the guys who. I'm not sure. I'm not familiar with. But I. I mean, at at laughter is good medicine. Right. And everybody came away saying, oh, my God, we had such a good time. We laughed so hard. It was wonderful. And I said, God, people really want a nice evening out. Mm -hmm. They want good, clean comedy. They want to have fun. Especially the people of God, because mm-hmm. my birthday party, I've been preaching over 20 years. Right. I know a whole lot of preachers. Right. Mm-hmm. And preachers came up and said, oh, my God, I'm so glad I came. I had such a good time. It was such a wonderful event, such a great evening out. And it was clean. It was fun. Everybody dressed up. Now, for laughter is a good medicine, you don't have to dress up. But for my birthday, you did. Right. But coming mm-hmm. back from all of that, it was God, I need a good way to go out and have fun right. and not be assaulted verbally right. or hear verbal pornography, right. Right. which is what, what most of the jokes were. Exactly. In both clubs, the comedians that did the clean sets got the most laughs. Right. They got the greatest response, and there was no embarrassment in their jokes. It was wonderful. So sitting before God, what can I do? Right. And it says, you can put on your own show. Okay, what do I call it? Proverbs seventeen twenty two, laughter is good medicine, yes. and a joyful mind causes healing. Right. Well, someone that, called in. I'm not sure if we're hooked up or not. Did but you, this you click is on the it? Didy Ingram show. Yes, I did. Do I need to click on the microphone? No, let me. No, that was muted. Hello. Come out, come out, whoever you are. <laughs> Yeah, but nobody's saying anything. Where's Skype? This is the Dee Dee Ingram show. Hello? Do I need to go get it? Producer's coming in to help. All right. Someone someone called in. Oh, okay. Someone called in? Yeah, they're there, but... Hello. Oh. Okay. Now we found we can you. Hear you. This is the Diddy Ingram show. Who this is? <laughs> who this is? Demetrius, the devil, and Doctor K. Is that my? That's the Smile Queen. What's up, Doctor Smiles? Okay. <laughs> well, how come I hear vibrations? Do you? <laughs> now that's a good question. I don't. You got batteries that. in your phone. <laughs> 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 
this is my Demetrius the Devil, right? With Pat Noble. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, all right. <laughs> We'll take it. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I just wanted to say instead to call in, and this is my dear friend to um, all of you. You are loved, appreciated, celebrated, valued, and most cherished. And Sister Dee Dee, um, thank you for having my friend. And also, well, I got both of my friends, Demetrius and um, Dr. K. But I am look so looking forward to March 16th uh, because of Proverbs uh, 17. We will have some good laughter from Dr. K, and uh, we want to fill up the room and know that this is going to be a staple item. And um, she does not even know that I've envisioned, you know, they have the comedy club down the street in Arlington somewhere, whatever. We're going to have this um, a comedy club in a building because it is going to be a staple item. But I just wanted to say congratulations to my friend, Dr. K., for um, all that she does. And the K, y'all might think it means for her name, but I call it um, the Doctor of Kingdom Mandates because it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And what more than to seek ye first the kingdom of God in clean laughter. So I just wanted to say congratulations to my friend. We will be there on March 16th. Y'all make sure, sell it out, sell it out, so that she has to keep on doing this as a staple item. And um, Sister Dee Dee, thank you so much for your show. You are loved, appreciated, celebrated, valued, and most cherished. Demetrius, I love you, Mr. Devil. (laughs) Thank you for calling in. All right, you're welcome to BQ Comedy. (laughs) All right, Sister Dee Dee, what you got to say for yourself down there? Well, thank you. Well... Just, I appreciate it. Just FYI, my wife's name is Maria. I'm Dee Dee, <laughs> Mr. Dee Dee. But uh, thank you for calling in and appreciating the show. But okay, let's get back. We were, we were talking about how we transitioned in the company. Well, you well, actually we we're talking about you going to clubs, noticing uh, cl- a couple of clean com- comedians having your 60th birthday party. And, uh, was the guy Derek? You say his name? Derek was, was he the only one at your 60th? He was the only comedian that I had at my 60th. My 60th birthday party, let me digress for a moment. It was the bomb. Was it? I had an elegant evening out mm-hmm. featuring dinner, live entertainment, and dancing. Okay. So we had a nice barbecue dinner with brisket, the expensive stuff, y'all. Right. The, the brisket and the, the buffet for that. I had two liturgical dancers who danced to two of my favorite songs, three of my favorite songs. I had a phenomenal rhythm and blues singer. And then Derek Cakley. And then after that, we did line dancing until he kicked right. us out of the building. Wow. Did a Cupid uh, so Shuffle and uh, yeah, the what's, what's, the, uh, what's so some other? We even did the, the wobble slide, as much as the wobble. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, electric, <laughs> the staples. Whatever things we could remember, we did. Because right. remember, it was 60. I'm 60, so you know my friends are a tad bit older. Right, right. <laughs> well, I, when did I turn 60? It was a year, two years ago. I was, well, I'm 61. You'll be 61. So don't we, don't we look good for our, for our age? Yes, well, we, we just, do. God is yes, in the blessing business. Boy, when he was handing out looks, I say, give me youth. Yeah, pay out. There you go. There you go. It was just a little strange when I was growing up because I actually looked older than what I was. <laughs> But the, the trend, yeah, the trend is 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 trending the the other way. Yeah, I did. I mean, my voice changed at eleven. You know, people would call my house. I'll pretend to be my daddy and say, "Y'all can't call her after after nine o'clock." 
Yeah, you nigga, yeah. I have no sisters. Five boys, no, no oh, sisters, man. man you so. anybody you could do that to and really mess them up. Right, right. Somebody right. call and say, I'm, I'm here for DD, and you come back. No, you're not. Right, right. <laughs> well, I, I would do it for my brother. When they call for my brother, he not here and don't call here at this time. No. Then he go to school the next day. Your daddy say don't call you. <laughs> He's like, that was my brother. But see, but the thing is, they couldn't call and say something out of line because it may be my it dad, be right? Dad. So it was like, yeah, you gotta be, gotta be in check, man. So you you have you actually is this gonna be your actual first? I know you say you're new to the comedy game. This is gonna be your actual first stand up set. Yes, and I'm not doing a full set. I am doing what I have determined are six open mic nights. Okay. Because I'm not doing a full set on my own. I wouldn't challenge six professionals with what I do is pretty much stand and whatever funny thing comes in goes out. Um, I'll be doing the hosting, so I'm introducing each comedian. Right. So I have three minutes in between each comedian to do my set. Right. I mean, when you said I'm just going to stand there and say what comes to me naturally, a lot of times, man, that's some of the funniest stuff. Because when I used to host a poetry show, right? So, and in between poets, I would, I had, I didn't always speak. I would just, sometimes I would just bring the next person up. But if, if they said something that triggered me, I would always respond to it when I got up on stage, man. The people loved it. And so, you know, those three minutes are not insignificant. You're, you're, uh, you're, you're uh, I'm trying to, th- facilitating the flow of the show. That's the word I was thinking. So, I mean, in using your gift. And then in time, you will eventually transition to having someone else host. And then you'd be some of that downline time. And so Maybe. Right now, I'm having such a fun time with the idea of hosting. Right. It, it is. I've, I've, jokes are lining up. I'm asking the spirit. I tell you, if you go to the spirit as your source and resource, yes. that is a bottomless, limitless well of information. That's true. So it's just been... Spirit, what do I say? Give right. me some jokes, and things are starting to come to my, my right. remembrance. And your your energy is real good. If it's like this, if it's like you are right now at your show, it's going to be a great oh, show. My goodness. <laughs> Put me in front of an audience. We have right now 120 seats that are available, mm-hmm. and I'm so excited to announce that over 70 of them already. That is right there, man. That, and it's three weeks out and it's three weeks out so i'm mm-hmm. telling folk go to eventbrite put in laughter is good medicine get your tickets now right i, I, I highly encourage because I, i've done a number of shows and like you're promoting that someone has said well i'm gonna do a show i'm promoting it myself or they uh contract through eventbrite and up to the last minute that's like man are y'all out there telling your friends y'all doing this y'all doing that and then at the last minute they would they would pack out but for you to be that far alone and you still got three weeks to go then you might you know end up i don't know what the fire code is out there <laughs> you might if it's 120 you might sneak five more chairs along the side of the wall man it's a standing room only call them security <laughs> we're saving some seats for the at the door folks so 120 right. is is my online Right. Stuff or myself through Eventbrite. But I have a great announcement. What is that? Because I have some friends who are in other states who can't get here. They've asked me to give online access. Right. So I am now setting up an online portal. So now when you go to purchase a ticket, you can purchase an in person ticket. Right. Or you can purchase an online ticket. Wow. So wow. folk in other states who hear this, who want to support a girl. Who want to get good, clean laughs in? I mean, you love live comedy, but you hate the obscenity. Uh-oh. You love good jokes, 
but you don't want to be embarrassed by the content. Right. This is the place for you. Now, you mentioned that uh, when you went to go to the comedy clubs and you noticed that uh, the clean comics were getting the best response. And uh, so you're like, okay, I can use this person. I can use this person. How many comics do you have on your ticket? We have six comedians on the ticket. And so... I know one of the comics personally, so and uh, Derek came to your birthday party. The other four, what did you find them? I found them through a, a young lady named Shawnee B. I believe sincerely that God will connect you with the right people at the right time for the right purpose. Right. Now, in my real life, I drive for Uber and Lyft. I'm a professional rideshare driver. Y'all show rideshare drivers some love. Yes. Need it. Yes. But I'm a professional driver, and Shawnee was one of the people in my back seat. All right. She, she got into the back seat. It was early in the morning. I was taking her and her friend to the airport. So I asked, what's going on? Where are y'all headed? What's happening? You're going to vacation, whatnot. She said, I'm a comedian, and I'm going to California to chase my dream. Wow. Went, wow, that's cool. So we talked about that. I told her about my birthday party and said, had we met two weeks ago, I would have gotten you for my birthday party. So we talked about Derek, whom I did get, and she said, oh, you'll love him. He's, phen he's phenomenal. He's great. When God gave me this, once God gives me an idea, my next word is, okay, God, who do I use? Who do I access? Who can do what? Bring them to me. Bring them to my mind. Mm -hmm. She popped into my mind immediately. Right. So I reached out to her. I want to do a comedy show. It has to be clean. Can you find me comedians to fill the bill? Right. And she became my coordinator. She reached out to all of her comedic friends, and they signed contracts. They have to be clean. They have to be non-vulgar. Right. That is in my contract. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, but she got the comics, and they said, we can do it. We'd love to. All right. And that laid the foundation for the whole event. Well, is she still in California doing her no, thing? No, she's she, back. She's, she's back now? Okay. But she's starting to get national recognition. Right. Mm -hmm. So I love it. I can tell people that I'm bringing to the stage one professional comic that's Derek he's been doing right. professional comedy y'all professional means that's how they make their living right he's been doing professional comedy for 12 years and he's opened for some major names like Little Rail Earthquake right. Lunell he's done for them uh, Shawnee B has won a couple of competitions and is now beginning to travel out of state to do comedy right so she's developing a national name the others are local, but they've been doing comedy for five or more years. Mm -hmm. So that's Carletta Kay, um, the comedian Newbuck, Reggie I, French, who we've mentioned, and Tasha D. Newbuck, I'm familiar with. I, I've, I passed across once or twice, and so I'm familiar with him. It's been a long time since I've seen him. Tasha, I'm not sure, but I, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I, I was in the uh, was the funniest comic in in. In Dallas, Dallas yeah. last year, and uh, so a lot of those names came across the stage in that competition. So I may have seen them, mm -hmm. and, but I, I, I haven't had the opportunity to really get to know them. And so unless they come to the back door where I'm there every weekend, like the furniture, you know, if you walk in the back door, I'm in there. And so, and, but uh, I, I used to, when I was in my 30s, I would go out to all of the open mic nights, and I would go everywhere. And so now... I need to start back doing it because nothing holds me. I'm retired. I retired at uh, 56, and so it's really nothing to... You, to you pegged yourself a rich one. <laughs> <laughs> no, we both, we both work 9 to 5, work a day life. Right. She's retired, too, as well. Yeah, and so, retired at 56. Yeah, 56 yeah, so well, I, was, I was 55. 
Were you 55? Okay, yeah. I did something right. right I was so. 60 and still working. Well, I, well, I give you the Cliff Notes version of how we ended up retiring. We worked for what, uh, what was known as LTV Aerospace and Defense, and they've been bought and sold several times. With a, mm-hmm. They had uh, what was known as we had a retirement calculator. So in our early 30s, we went upstairs to the retirement calculator, and it told me that I could retire at 59 and a half. Told my wife at uh, 56 and a half. So, what ended up happening was the last company that bought us changed the multiplier. We're a union shop, and there's a multiplier that's whatever your uh, it's whatever the number is times the years that you have worked. And so, when we when they bought us, the last company that bought us capped the multiplier at thirty. So when they capped the multiplier at thirty, it cut down the years that we had to work. So now, instead of having to retire at 59 and a half because they capped the multiplier, now I can retire at 55 and a half. Capping the multiplier. Right. It did. And so I'm like, and as soon as I find, I sent my paperwork in. You have to send your paperwork in, and they'll tell you when you can retire. As soon as they told me I can retire, then you got to wait like 90 days before you retire and put your paper. But when they told me, I put a, a sticker on my toolbox, and I started counting down, man, today, 365, 364. Nobody didn't know what I was doing. Then I, I got to, when I, when I got down to like one month, I took the paper off because I figured people would probably figure it out by then. So I, I, I kept it in another place, and then. I didn't go tell people I was retiring. You know how they knew I was retiring? When they, I took my toolbox and put it on my truck, they're like, where did dude going? Holla, child. <laughs> the day I didn't show up is right, the day they knew I retired. And uh, I was inspired by a young man that I that I used to work out there with. One day, he came to work on Friday, and he came to work Sunday. I mean, Saturday. And I came to work Monday. I just said, hey, maybe he's taking a couple days vacation. So I went over to his unit. I said, his name was Charles. I said, where is Charles? He said, yeah, Mary, Charles is retired. I said, that's my hero right there, boy. That's the way I'm going to go out. And so I'm retired now. So I have more opportunities to get out. Mm-hmm. And so I'll probably start hitting up some of the open mic nights. It, uh, the travesty in my story is when I was doing it in my 30s, I was starting to come up, too. I had gotten into some national comedy clubs. I'd done BET's Comic View twice. And so I was, I was getting to where I could put my foot in the door. And then... I uh, got custody of my two sons, and I have to make a decision, mm-hmm. you know, because if I pursue this dream, then I sacrifice the relationship, and you know, all the time I struggled to get them. Yeah. And so I was like, well, I'll just put this to the to the side, and then I got married to that beautiful young lady right there, and so I was like, you know what? God gave me the ability, and so I'm gonna ride this out. I'm gonna do this nine to five work a day life, and then I retire. I pick it up again, but. What happened in the interim is I lost all of those contacts. I can call some of those clubs and it's like, hey, man, that was 20-something years ago. We don't know if you can still do it or not. Mm-hmm. And so I'm building over again. So and I, would, I, I tell people all the time, I've never been opposed to open mic. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it's a good way to get a following. It's a good way to get a following. It's a good way to, if, if you're consistent, that's how I built my career to begin with. I would go to Oklahoma and New Mexico and Louisiana. And those people would be so impressed. Even if I didn't perform because of weather, the list was too long or what have you, they would be so impressed that I was consistently there. Mm-hmm. That's how I got my first gig in Oklahoma. The dude's like, I'm just going to hire you because I went up there like three or four times in February, snow and ice and all that. Mm-hmm. He's like, if you're that dedicated to come up here in this type of weather, 
and you're not getting anything. No, I'm not not getting nothing in return except for a chance to go back home. <laughs> so he uh he hired me and said, and then I I, I was the MC there, and he was like, man, uh, do you wanna? No, he actually he, I MC'd first, and then he said, you wanna bump up to feature? I said, to be honest with you, I'm not featured yet. And uh, but when I am, I would love to. And he said, "Well, since you were so honest with me, all you got to do is say the word. I'm not going to ask no questions. I'm gonna bump you up." Wow. Same thing when I went to Denver, Colorado. I, I showcased. They used to give showcases, which is five to seven minutes on a regular show. Mm-hmm. The uh, the guy that that owned the club, he was going to book me as the headliner, and I was like, "I can't take the headliner gig. I'm just the MC." And he offered the same thing to me. He said, since you were so honest, let me know when you're ready, and I'll bump you up. And so when I was ready to feature, I told him. He didn't ask no questions. He moved me up to feature. Wow. And he sold the club before I, I was ready to head. When I was ready to headline, he had sold the club. The guy in Oklahoma, when I was ready to headline, there was a major controversy between these husband and wife. They both owned the clubs in Oklahoma directly. They were diagonal from each other. <laughs> Him and his wife got into some big fight he was selling the club to his brother-in-law but because him and his ex-wife got into the fight he told the brother-in-law i want my money right now or you have to shut the club down that dude couldn't come up with that kind of money just like that and so he ended up having to shut the club down so Mm -hmm. those were two opportunities that i could have bumped up became a headline and possibly maybe not went back to work (laughs) but when that happened i was like well i'm I'm gonna ride it out so Mm -hmm. that's where we are now there you go and now you've got a radio show a radio show and now you are traveling around because you said you won't be at laughter is good medicine right because you'll be doing something in las vegas right (laughs) well that's we we're we're celebrating love in las vegas uh one of our uh, i'm in a group called uh swag which stands for save with amazing grace it's our spiritual growth group and so we are we are family and we like to do a lot of things together we've traveled to uh where do we go to the Bahamas. Yeah. We went to. Uh, oh, okay. uh, we've traveled to some some so few places, and so celebrating love. yes, right, and I, so I shall forgive you and release you. And so, <laughs> but, but when the I Lord bless him right. with, with a spot to do some comedy in Las Vegas, that would be great. That would be we'll great. Be, but uh, we appreciate the prayers. Yeah, yes. <laughs> so back we'll to you. But I just want to looking forward. But thank you for that background. Want to give you the Cliff Notes version of how I ended up where I am. But uh, I think that, that's know, awesome. That is wonderful. I give the backstory for the radio show. I was uh many years ago when I was before I went back to the nine to five work a day like I was kind of in and just getting back in it. I I joined these uh like four or five comics and we were trying to start a, a comedy tour thing. Mm-hmm. One of them is Sister Cantaloupe. I don't know if I'm you know, so sorry. I'm yeah Sister, Sister Cantaloupe. Cantaloupe man she's she's deep in the game and so yeah. it was her another guy who was uh, been on uh, Deaf Comedy Jam and uh, Comic Views named Ken Cox. Mm-hmm. A couple of other people who were up and comings like me, and so we got together and we put together this show, and so we we got into a couple of places. Everybody liked it. It was the, the format was clean comedy, You're not necessarily Christian, but you know it was clean. Yeah. And so, so I uh, my wife had a, a relative who was part of this this station right here, and I listened to the show and I was like, hey man, I kind of like that. So I'm like, what do I need to do to join? And I, I say, I talked to the, the group. I said, let's do the radio show. We can do funny stuff on the radio show, promote us, and, mm-hmm. and get a following. Everybody's like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. So I came up, filled out the paperwork, and then I, the most popular comic was Ken Cox. Mm-hmm. So I named the show after him. Immediately, three of them fell out. 
<laughs> they's like, why is it named after him? I said, he's the biggest draw. I'm trying to build an audience, right? And then the uh, our first show, four of us showed up. Two of them just just dominated the mics, man. They wasn't funny. They were just da 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 da. Then the next week, they didn't show up, and it ended up just being me and Ken. But Ken had told me when I asked him to come on board, he said, "Didi, I'm only going to stay." X amount of time, get you acclimated to doing your show, and then I'm a bounce. He was he was up front from day one. You can work with that. And so what ended up happening? Everybody fell to the wayside. He stayed with me until I got comfortable behind the mic. He left. I changed the name to the D.D. Ingram Show, and here we are. I think that was <laughs> the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And, and I promise I will not like <laughs> take over your show. Oh no, man! If you got you know, if you got something to say, man, I you know that was an ongoing but, thing. But this is about you today, so that, that's that's a great story, and it's it's wonderful when you elevate mm-hmm. that the people that can't go with you. They fall away. Right. And that's all that happened. There is an area, here, here comes Doc, the reason I got the name Dr. K, but there's an area when you mountain climb called the snake level, the snake, mm-hmm. they, what do they call it, the snake zone? It's some, the snake line. Right. And it's the area of the mountain where you no longer find snakes. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Because the they can't. Because the atmosphere. Yeah, right. They can't handle that atmosphere. Okay. So they don't travel up above that. So you get a place on the mountain where you don't have to worry about snakes anymore. Right. Because mm-hmm. they can't go with you. To mm-hmm. that height, and that's all that happened was the snakes fell off. Right, that's, I liked As it. I liked that. To the next level, they couldn't go to that level. Right, and they demonstrated it in that show. And thank God, something told them not to come back because you would have had to eventually. Right. So, the spirit did you a favor. They just no man. All he did was talk about me. I ain't going back. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, <laughs> so some of y'all get this from the doctor. <laughs> Everybody that that started with you on the journey will not end the journey with you. That's true. And when they begin to fall away, do yourself a favor and let them. Mm-hmm. Don't go back and bring right. any snakes to your new level. Right. This is another really good illustration that uh, I, I I I'm usually up a little later than my wife at night. I was nocturnal. I'm not anymore. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying. That comes with age. It, it can, so I'm so I'm at night to occupy myself. I'm online just kind of surfing the Instagram, Facebook, whatever. And I came across this illustration about uh, they say the only bird that is bold enough to attack an eagle is a crow. Yeah. And so when the uh, crow jumps on the back of the eagle, he starts pecking at him. He said the eagle don't try to get him to fall off. He just rises and goes up so high to where the uh, crow can't breathe. Mm -hmm. It's it's out of his, his atmospheric area. So... And he just naturally falls off. And then the eagle comes back down and do it. So I'm like, man, that's a perfect illustration. The snake line and with the eagle thing. And so I like that. And I'm pretty sure as you uh, transition from what you're doing to where you're going to be, you're going to have that experience as well. And so there's a couple of things that happen when you, when you decide to move in the direction that you're deciding, deciding to move. And then what I mean by that is being a vehicle that God uses to bring release you know that's what laughter is because mm-hmm. when i'm when i'm doing the jokes and the people are laughing being there, there have been times and i've told this this a, a lot of times on on this show but there'll be times where people will come up to you who were had they not seen you in that moment mm-hmm. probably would not have made it to the next day i've had people come up mm-hmm. and tell me not. one time i did a show and I don't know what made me stop in the middle of my show. I, I tried to do it as funny as I could, but it wasn't really funny. But it, it went direct to somebody. I was talking about suicide, mm-hmm. and so and I stopped. When I finished, I said, "I don't even know why I did that. I just it was in my spirit to do it." Mm-hmm. And then I went back to doing the jokes, 
a young man came up to me and said, had you not said what you said tonight on the stage, tonight would have been my last night. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. so, and so I know I'm like, man, that just kind of went all through me. I was like, that, that, wouldn't, that was my purpose. Yeah. But I didn't know that was my purpose. Mm-hmm. And then when I found out that God used me that way, man, it just went all through me, man. I was like, and so I said that to say this, man, as you start to minister, you're going to have those experiences. You probably have already had them. I've had a couple yeah. of them, and I've been, I'm grateful to God that they've happened because mm-hmm. they validate, and nobody, no, don't let anybody tell you they don't need validation. They don't oh, want yes. validation. Right. We do because we're human beings. Mm-hmm. It's in us to want to know that we're doing a good job. Mm-hmm. That somebody appreciates it, and dare I say it, that we are making a difference. Right. Yes. The most sadly lived life is the life that did not make a difference. That's true. Right. So that that's great to hear those kinds of things, and that was God letting you know about that one. What you right. don't know is all the others. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. On that note, know. we're going to have to do these commercials. All right. Yeah, got to pay the bill. We'll, we'll be back with Dr. K. We'll continue this comedy cavalcade on the D.D. Ingram Show. Stick and stay. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Man. <laughs> hey, this is Cheryl, host of the Cheryl Boggs Show, Resting in His Word, broadcasting live each week on Mondays. At 6 p.m. Central from Fishbowl Studios, log on to hear inspiring messages, guest interviews, and a word you don't want to miss. Be sure to log on each week on Mondays at 6 p.m. Central for the Cheryl Bond Show, resting in his word, right here on Fishbowl Studios. Jump in. Podcasters and internet radio hosts, it's time to take your show to the next level. Hi, my name is Sammy G, a 30-plus year radio broadcasting veteran, public speaker, and voiceover artist. And for the last 11 years, now the proud owner of Fishbowl Radio Network, the largest and most listened to streaming platform and radio station facility of its kind. Two years ago, I created a proprietary system to help podcasters and internet radio hosts learn how to program their show like the pros, build a constantly growing and loyal fan base, and monetize their show. I teach this system every six weeks via Zoom to individuals all over the world. The Behind the Mic Masterclass is six one-hour classes that will finally take your show to the next level. Call today, 817-633-4880, 817-633-4880, and reserve your seat for the next Behind the Mic Masterclass. Get ready. It's coming to the Dallas Metroplex, the MCC Men for the Cause of Christ Conference, February 16th and 17th in Waxahachie, Texas. You won't want to miss this exciting event with keynote speakers, pastor and Bible teacher, Dr. Robert Jeffries, Dr. Galen Clonch, Christian comedian Al Fike, and worship by multi-dove award winner and recording artist Clay Cross. Whether you're single, married, young or old, this conference is for you. Learn what it is to take hold of our God-given place as spiritual leaders of the home. Be the dad, husband, son, and friend God has called us men to be. A life-changing experience you don't want to miss. The MCC Conference, February 16th and 17th. Don't wait. Register today. Seating is limited. Register at brushfire.com forward slash dbf forward slash mcc. That's brushfire.com forward slash dbf forward slash mcc. Or contact us at mcc dot men dot info at gmail.com offering special pastor and student rates the mcc men's conference see you there 
Here's today's STEM tip. Don't throw out that old plastic bottle. Repurpose it by turning it into an awesome terrarium. Just fill it with sand, pebbles, soil, and your favorite plant. It'll grow sealed right in its own ecosystem. Learn more at She Can STEM. A message from the Ad Council. FBRN. Hi, this is D.D. Ingram, host of the D.D. Ingram Show, heard right here on the Fishbowl Radio Network. Join me and my co-host, Alan Bond, Troy Washington, and the lovely Candace Jackson each and every Tuesday from 5 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time for some of the most interesting topics on radio along with the best in urban contemporary music. Experience the show where laughter is the norm, not the exception. Don't miss the show. That's the D.D. Ingram Show. On FishbowlRadioNetwork.com. Jump in. Back, you turn the mics on me. We are back on the D.D. Ingram show. Let's see what's going on here. Cause I oh, can, you know it? Yeah, because I don't hear me on here. Mic check, one, two. Okay, now I do. We're back on the D.D. Ingram show, man. I guess Dr. K, and we're promoting the Laugh Out Loud comedy. You can't hear? I can't. I can't. Do you hear me? Okay. okay. Well, let me check. Let me check. I can hear you because I'm in front of you. Right, right, right. <laughs> 